Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we want to thank you for this wonderful day you've given us. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for soundness of mind. Thank you for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We worship you in this place today. We glorify you and we honor you and we adore you. We thank you for the precious gift of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And today we acknowledge this Pentecost Sunday, the power and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in the manifestation of the Spirit in our lives. And so Lord, together as your body and as a church, we ask that you send the fire today. Baptize us afresh with the Holy Spirit. Fill us anew with the Holy Spirit. Empower us for service. Empower us to live a victorious Christian life. To the glory of the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Bomb the chaff away. And send us out to be your ambassadors. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Well, hallelujah. You may please be seated. You may please be seated. Well, good afternoon, Kensington Temple. Uh, It's good to be back with you again this Pentecost Sunday. Uh, It's an honor and a privilege to to be here with you this Sunday to minister to you at the request of Pastor Colin. As you heard Dudley say, Pastor Colin is away uh, ministering outside of Europe. And um, we've had fantastic um, testimonies coming about thousands of people giving their lives to Christ. uh, Working with leaders in that nation that um, it's better if we don't mention the name. Uh, so that he can keep going in and out under the radar. Amen. Uh, uh, So that he can continue to to walk and do uh, what God has sent him into that part of of the world to do. And so he sends his greetings, and he's asked me especially to tell you that he had a fantastic message prepared for you today. But now you have to wait for it next Sunday. (laughs) Because today you have to listen to my own message because he sent me to you. Amen. And I pray that this message will bless you, will equip you, and will, will bring forth a new thing in your life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I want to welcome those who are in the coronet. I'm not sure we are online yet. It's not quarter past. Simon, can you help me? Are we online? Okay, we should be. Uh, Christian and Tony in the coronet. And those of you there across the road want to thank you. Uh, for for holding the fort there. God bless you. And we pray that the anointing that is present in this place today will also be with you there. And those of you in the lower hall, uh, downstairs, and in the overflow behind me, and of course, so many of you that are watching by uh, the internet, if you're downloading or watching live, we welcome you and say, God bless you. Amen. Let's give all of them a round of applause. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. It is Pentecost Sunday. Amen. It is Pentecost Sunday. It is one of those Sundays, one of those uh, festivals in the Christian church that we've got to keep remembering every year and celebrating. We know about Christmas, we know about Easter, and we celebrate them. But Pentecost marks the beginning of a new thing that God wanted to do in his world. Every time God wants to do something in his world, he sends his spirit. When he wanted to to start a new thing uh, with the early church, after Jesus had ascended into heaven, he sent his spirit. But let's start by looking at uh, the Old Testament and looking at a particular passage that, you know, God spoke to me about 
uh, uh, last night. I want us to go to Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. The book of Zechariah chapter 4. And I want to read from verse 1. I want to read from verse 1. Zechariah chapter 4. I want to read from verse 1. Now the angel who talked with me came came back and wakened me as, as a man who is wakened out of sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? So I said, I'm looking and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one at the right of the bowl, and the other at his left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hand shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the days of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro through the earth. Then I answered and said to him, What are these two olive trees at the right of the lampstand and at his left? And I further answered and said to him, What are these two olive branches? that drip into the receptacles of the two gold pipes, from which the golden oil drains. Then he answered and said, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. So he said, These are the two anointed ones who stand before the Lord of the whole earth. Hallelujah. Amen. Here we, we, if you've read the the the. Zechariah and Haggai and, and um, uh, uh, um, all the, the, the Ezra and those people who came from, from uh, Babylon to come and rebuild Jerusalem. Some came to build the walls of Jerusalem. And some others came to build the temple. But we know from reading scriptures that Zerubbabel and Joshua the high priest came to build the temple. And here... Zerubbabel was receiving a vision that was saying to him, the rebuilding of this temple is not going to be by the flesh, by the power of the flesh. It's not going to be by might or by power, but by the Holy Spirit. When God wants to do a new thing in our lives, it's not by flesh. It is not by power. It is not by might. It's always by his spirit. And when God was going to give birth to his church, as we uh, will see in Acts of Apostles chapter two, 
He sent his Holy Spirit. John had prophesied, I am calling you to repentance, to baptism by water. But there's one coming after me who is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with power. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with power. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with power. And when the day of Pentecost came, please go with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. From verse 1. Acts chapter 2 from verse 1. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Today in Pentecostal circles, we say, we say uh, the day of Pentecost was the birthday of the church. And so today, uh, Pentecost Sunday, we are celebrating the birth of the church. We are celebrating the birth of the body of Christ. We are celebrating the birth of the workforce of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that we are the church. Thank God for this beautiful building. But we know that this building is not the church. It's only when we come together, wherever we gather together, in our companionship group of three, in ourselves, at the encounter, wherever we are gathered together, in the name of the Lord, we are the church. And that day in the upper room, 120 of them gathered together, and the Spirit of God came as was promised by Jesus Christ. I was going to send his Spirit. In fact, he said to them, I want you to remain in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere. Do not venture to go anywhere outside of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. He was saying to them, I know you've been with me for three years or three and a half years. We walk together, we talk together, we eat together, we dine together. We pray together. I taught you how to pray. I even sent you out to be my witness, to go to places where I will come. I sent the 12 of you out. I sent the 70 or the 72 out. And you came with testimonies. But now I'm going back to my father. I'm going to heaven. And you cannot and you must not venture out to do anything until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Because it's not going to be just by the knowledge of what you know of me. It's not going to be by power. It's not going to be by might. It's going to be by my spirit. And so he said to them, when they bring you before the elders and the councils, don't think about what you are going to say. Because at that particular moment, the Holy Spirit will teach you what to say. And so you have to receive the Holy Spirit. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order for you to go and do what I want you to do because there's a work to be done. In Zechariah 4, they were struggling to build the temple. And the, whole, the God said to them, look, you are struggling, but it, it's not going to be by power. 
It's not going to be by might. It's going to be by my spirit. And when I've done this through my spirit, by my spirit, you will take a look at the capstone and you will say, this is nothing but the favor of the Lord. Grace, grace, grace to it. Because you know you have not done this in your flesh. Today, too much of the flesh in the body. Too much of the flesh in the body. Offense, anger, we jump from church to church. <laughs> we want ice cream Christianity. We are not able to stand and defend our faith and stand up for what we believe. It is too much of the flesh. The disciples also were full of the flesh. The apostles, the 120 of them. Because even when Jesus rose from the dead, they were still asking him, Lord, so when are you going to turn us into the governors of Jerusalem? In Acts chapter 1. When are you going to restore the kingdom to, to Israel? Because we know what you said. We're going to be, you know, ruling with you. So when is that going? And Jesus said, no, no, it's not for you to begin to know the times that the Father himself has put in his own, within his own council. But you wait in Jerusalem until that power comes upon you. Then you, you shall be my witnesses. And today in the church, we are full of the flesh. But it's all right. Because the Holy Spirit came to deal with the flesh. He came to deal with the flesh. Because the Bible says, the flesh will profit us nothing, but it's the spirit that will give us life. In Genesis chapter 1, God formed man from the dust of the ground. Everything was in place except life. Then he called his spirit. And the Bible says that he breathed into the nostrils of man and man became a living soul or man became a living being because it is the spirit that gives life. If we are going to have more life and life in abundance like Jesus promised us in the church, we must give pride of place to the Holy Spirit again. Our walk with him must be closer. Our talk with him must be closer. Walk in the spirit and not fulfill the, the lust of the flesh. Will not be something that we just read on the pages of the news of, of our Bibles. Will be something that we are hungry and we are thirsty for. To walk in the spirit so that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And God wants to do a new thing in our world today. Sin is everywhere. It's in your face. It's in the newspapers. It's on television. It's on our streets. It's on the underground. It's on the buses. It's on our streets. And when things like this are happening, then it is time for God to do a new thing by his spirit. But in the Old Testament, he would walk through the temple. But we thank God that the Bible says that you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are. God no longer dwells in houses made by men's hands. He dwells in us. That was why he sent his Holy Spirit. But here in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, fully come, fully come, it means it is the right time. It is the appointed time. This is the time that God has purposed in his schedule to do a new thing in his church, with his church, and through his church. The day of Pentecost had fully come. 
the day of Pentecost had fully come. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says that when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. Had come, fullness of time. The day of Pentecost had fully come. God waits for the fullness of time to come. He said to the children of Israel, there are some things I'm not going to do in your, in your midst because the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Their iniquity is not yet full, so I'm not going to talk to them. I will wait for them on their iniquity. The cup of their iniquity is full and is running over. Then I will act. Then I will act. But when the day of Pentecost had fully come, when God's fullness of time had come, he would do a new thing. And I pray for you under the sound of my voice today that the fullness of time in your life will come. The fullness of time in your ministry will come. The fullness of time for your marriage will come. The fullness of time in your children will come. This, the fullness of time in every area of your life will come so that God, by the power of his spirit, can do a new thing in your life. We need God to do a new thing in our world today. We need God to do a new thing in Europe today. We need, a, we need God to do a new thing in Africa today. We need God to do a new thing in North America, in South America, in Asia, all around the world. We need God to do a new thing in his world today. Hallelujah. And so on the day of Pentecost, the Talmud tells us that the day of Pentecost, the Talmud is the, the written, the compiled uh, uh, oral laws and, and commentaries of the Jewish law, tells us that the day of Pentecost is celebrated 50 days after the Passover. 50 days after God delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. Moses went up on Mount Sinai and received the law. And so there are two festivals associated with the day of Pentecost. The giving of the law and the feast of harvest. The feast of harvest. The giving of the law and the feast of harvest. The law was given 50 days after Passover. It also fell within the time that the children of Israel bring their first fruits to the temple to say thank you to God. The feast of harvest or the feast of the weeks. That's what the commentaries and the Talmud says. And so when the day of Pentecost was fully come, God was saying to his church, to the people of Israel, I'm about to do a new thing. I'm about to send my spirit to write my law in your hearts, no longer on tablets of stone. And when my law is written in your heart, you are being empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit. Then you are ready for the harvest. You are ready for harvest. For us as the church of Jesus Christ, it's not just the harvest that comes from our plantations, our, our agricultural produce. Because we saw the harvest. The harvest was that Peter stood up and preached a message. And 3,000 people came to know Jesus. What a harvest. God was saying, it's the birth of a new thing. I am sending my spirit to you to empower you to write my laws on your heart that you may go out and walk for me and bring in the harvest. So he said to them, 
wait in Jerusalem. I'm sending you to go and be my witnesses, but you must receive power from on high. And then when he sent this power, it came in the form of the wind and fire. Two images. If you remember in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that when God created the heavens and the earth, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the deep. He was hovering. In my mind and in my imagination, I saw this wind that came on into the upper room, moving on the face of the deep. That's not in your Bible, I said in my mind. I see that picture, I see that image, I see the Holy Spirit moving on the face of the deep. Like the wind, mighty rushing wind. And if you ever noticed before, uh, uh, when you have water on your floor and you, you don't want to use the mop, if you plug a fan and the fan begins to roll, it will dry up the water. The wind came to suck out the flesh in the life of the 120. Because until we are empty of self, until we are empty of the flesh, the Holy Spirit cannot fill us. And so the wind came to suck out the flesh in them, to suck out everything that is contrary to God, filling them with the Spirit. He came with the mighty rushing of a wind. As a sign to them, I have come to dry up the flesh in your life so that the Holy Spirit can fill you to the overflowing. And when the flesh left, Peter, who a couple of weeks ago was challenged by the maid of the high priest, your accent betrays you. Your accent betrays you. You are one of them. You are one of his disciples. Peter says, no, don't even think about it. Another person saw him and said, surely you're one of his followers. Peter said, no, I am not. The third person came and said, you are one of his disciples. I saw you in the garden. And the Bible says that Peter began to curse because of fear. But when the empowerment of the Holy Spirit came and the manifestation of the Spirit began in them and they began to speak with tongues. Like Jesus Christ said in, in, Mark, in Mark chapter 16, these signs shall follow you when you believe. In my name you will cast out demons. You will take up deadly things and drink them. They will not overcome you and you will speak with new tongues. When they began to manifest that, People gathered, the Jews in diaspora who had come to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of the harvest, to celebrate Shavuot. They all had and they came together. And they saw them, the, 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 the 120 speaking in tongues, and there was some manifestation of joy, of power, of energy within them. Uh, because in my mind, I couldn't imagine them just Standing there and saying, Oh, Holy, thank you, Holy Spirit. No, no, if that was what they were doing, they wouldn't have said of them that these ones are drunk. In my mind, I see these people who had been hiding in an upper room, 
burst out. Jesus, we love you. Ramakoso kele bakashanda lembroko esekekeke tikaka ebrokoso tototo mama. And when the people came around, and of course they weren't doing that in the flesh. They were not doing that in the flesh. So when people came around and they saw them, these people were drunk. Oh, come on. We've seen people who are drunk before. And this, this manifestation resembles those who are drunk. And Peter got up. Peter, who was afraid a couple of weeks ago, got up. I said, listen to me. Don't you understand that this was what was written by Prophet Joel? That in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He told them what the prophet spoke about Jesus. And then he looked at them eyeball to eyeball. And he said, but you, you, you handed the only one to be crucified. And he called them to repentance. And the Holy Spirit moved upon them. And 3,000 people came to know Jesus. Why? Because it's not by power. It is not by might. It is by my spirit, says the Lord. Can I hear you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. When God wants to do a new thing, he will send his spirit. Fire and wind. Fire to consume the flesh. To burn out sin. So that we can be free to represent Jesus in our world. So that we can truly become a city that is set upon a hill that cannot be hidden. And so that we can go about the work that he has called us to do. He showed them, I'm sending the fire and the wind to suck out the flesh. And I'm sending my power over you so that you can bring in the harvest. As a pastor of a local assembly, one of our apostolic centers in the northeast zone of London, I sit down with some, some of our cellular sometimes and they tell me, people don't want to come to church. People don't want to do this. Uh, we invite them. We go to their houses to preach to them. Don't say they are so occupied with so many things. And it occurred to me, we are trying to do the work of the Spirit by might and by power. If Jesus said to those who are with him for three years, three and a half years, You've got to be filled with the Spirit. You've got to wait for the Spirit. What makes us think that we can do that work without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? No wonder in the book of Acts of Apostles, everywhere Paul goes, he comes across people who say, who say to him, I am a believer, I am a disciple. Because I was nothing like Christian then. They, they never said to him, I'm a Christian. They just said to him, I am a disciple. I am one of the people of the way. And he would say to them and ask them a question. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Because receiving the Holy Spirit, also with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it was, it's what marks you out. And when he said, some of them said to him, holy what? We haven't even as much as had about who the Holy Spirit is. And then Paul will lay his hands on them and will say to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And of course, they will receive the Holy Spirit and they will begin to speak in tongues. In the house of Cornelius, why Peter was still thinking, 
How can God, how can the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says that Peter was on the rooftop. He was hungry. He was waiting for food to be ready for him. God came and showed him a vision of the sheet with animals and said, Peter, rise up and eat, kill and eat. And said, Lord, I have never eaten anything that is unclean. And then the Holy Spirit said to him, there are two men waiting for you at the door. Go with them. The Holy Spirit said to him, go with them. The Holy Spirit said to him, go with them, doubting nothing. And so he went to the house of Cornelius, a Gentile. And Cornelius has gathered everybody and was waiting for Peter. When Peter came, Peter said, well, I'm here now. What do you want to know? And then Cornelius said, well, an angel appeared to me and all that. And then Peter began to talk about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And they began to speak with tongues. And then Peter said, can, can anybody stop us from baptizing these people in water? Seeing also that the way the Holy Spirit fell upon us has fallen upon them. They are speaking in tongues. Can anybody forbid water? Forbid these people to be baptized with water. And so we see everywhere in the scriptures, when the Holy Spirit comes, people manifest the speaking with tongues. Because Jesus Christ said, these signs shall follow you. One of the signs is that you will speak with tongues. You will speak with tongues. Jesus said to the woman at the well of Samaria, those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, the breath of God, life, spirit of God, ruach of God, that was in them, I believe, cut off relationship with them. That close relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit today was severed. Was severed. And Jesus came to us today to give it back to us. God gave the gift of Jesus to the world. He gave the gift of Jesus to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Jesus gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wait for the promise. I will send him. I will not leave you as orphans. When the Holy Spirit came, came he gave us gifts also. One of them is speaking in tongues. And speaking in tongues is how we connect with the Spirit. Speaking in tongues is how we activate the gifts of the Spirit within us. And that is why one of the signs that you will know about cults out there, the pseudo-Christian cults out there, is that when you bring up the subject of the Holy Spirit, they back off. Because they know that the letter kills is the Spirit that gives life. The Bible says, he who is born of the flesh is flesh. And he who is born of the spirit is spirit. For the spirit gives life. And if the life of God is going to manifest through his church again, then we must be ready for the Holy Spirit. We must be ready to empty ourselves of flesh, of anger, of strife, of offense, of those things that keep the Holy Spirit out of our lives in his fullness. And we must be yielded. We must be surrendered. We must be willing to receive him as Jesus has promised. The power to speak in tongues is very important for every Christian. 
And I know that most of us today here will be speaking in tongues. But if you are not yet speaking in tongues, before you leave here today, by the grace of God, you will speak in tongues. You will receive that ability to speak in tongues. Can I hear you say a bigger amen? amen. Hallelujah. Because it's the day of Pentecost. And I believe that God wants to do a new thing in our lives, wants to do a new thing in our community as churches. Hallelujah. But we must be willing and ready to receive. Can I hear you say amen? amen? Why do we need the Holy Spirit? We need the Holy Spirit for victorious Christian life. Victorious Christian living. Peter was so devastated that he had denied the Lord. He woke up one morning and he said to the other disciples, it's all over now, you know. <laughs> I have denied the Lord. What's there left for me to do? I go fishing. After all, fishing was my father's trade. I learned how to fish. Jesus came and called me from fishing to come and follow him. Now that I have denied him, now that I have, I have committed the greatest offense, there's nothing left for me to do but to go back to fishing. And some of the other disciples also said, well, we go with you. We go with you. And Jesus Christ came and called him back and gave him free fish to eat that he did not, he did not work for. He says, Peter, I can provide fish for you even in your bedroom. But my calling upon you to come and follow me and become fishers of men is irrevocable. And so what I said to you at the beginning, come follow me, is what I'm saying to you again, come follow me. Now when Peter was restored, oh, I pray for someone here today. That's an area of your life that needs restoration. You need your children to be restored to you. You need your health to be restored to you. You need your business restored. You need your marriage restored. You need something in your life. You need your ministry restored. I pray by faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. On this day of Pentecost, restoration will come upon you. Restoration will come upon you. Jesus came and restored Peter and said, go and wait for me. And when that day came, the fullness of the time had come. The day of Pentecost had come. God wants to do a new thing. He sent his Holy Spirit. And timid Peter, who denied Jesus, rose up boldly. Because now the righteous are as bold as lion. The righteous are as bold as lion. We know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We know we are given that righteousness. If you read the book of Zechariah, chapter 3, you will read the, the, the story of Joshua the high priest. Coming back from Babylon. Coming back from, from exile. Wanting to restore the worship in the, in the temple. Dressed up as the high priest. In all of the regalia. In all of, they did everything. But then Satan was still standing at his right side. To resist him. A picture. An image. That it's no longer by what you wear. It's no longer by the activities of the temple. It's by the spirit of God. So God himself spoke and said, take away his filthy robes. Give him a robe of righteousness. Give him a toban. The helmet of salvation. 
Today I've taken away your sins and righteousness was given to him. The same way it was given to us when we were born of the spirit. Jesus said to, to Nicodemus, said, don't you know these things as a ruler? Don't you know you must be born of the spirit and of water? You must be born again. Am I going to go back to my mother's womb and come back? No, no. Born of water and of the spirit. In 1 John chapter 5, I believe verse 4, the apostle John says, he who is born of God overcomes the world. To be born of God is to be born of the spirit. To be born of God is to be born of the spirit. And so, if we are going to live victorious Christian life, and you may want to ask me, what do you mean by victorious Christian life? Victorious Christian life means to live above sin. That sin does not have dominion over you. Sin does not have dominion over me. For us to be able to live a life that is pleasing to God, that is victorious, we must be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We must be born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. I was counseling with a young man recently about to get married. He's been separated from his dad for a long time. And I knew I had a challenge in my heart. And we're dealing when the, in, in premarital counseling. And we've come to that place in premarital counseling where you have to do conduct deliverance by the word of God. Not conduct deliverance through glorifying the devil. Like some people do out there. And so we sat down and I began to we began to deal with the issues of soul ties. We began to deal with those issues and so on and so forth. He's a young Christian. And a couple of weeks before that time, I had prayed for him in my office and he had been filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. And so I said, now, you are born again, you are born of the Spirit. There are some things we need to deal with. You are about to get married. What role is your dad going to play? And his eyes rolled in his socket. Later on, I asked him, I said, when I asked you that question, what was going on in your mind? He said to me, I thought, here we go again. And I began to show him from scripture. How the Bible says that you must honor your father and your mother. It's not whether they please you or not. <laughs> the Bible didn't say agree with them. The Bible just says, honor them. And I said to him, you will not be honoring your dad, even though you have been separated from him for a long time. He's had nothing to do in your life for a long time by not telling him. You are not asking him to send you money. You are not asking him to come for the wedding. But you're just saying, the Bible says I must honor you. I'm a born again Christian now. I follow Christ, and the Bible commands me to honor you. So I'm honoring you as the man who brought me into this world that I have forgiven you because we dealt with that. I told him you have to forgive. I don't want to forgive. It has nothing to do with it. It's a command. There are some things that we cannot, we must do as Christians. Jesus said, love your enemies. Excuse me? 
I don't want to love my enemies naturally. I want to bless them with fivefold ministries. <laughs> bless those who curse you. Thank you, brother. I'm trying. <laughs> bless those who curse you. I don't want to bless those who curse me. I want to stand up at 12 midnight and say, enemy die, enemy die, enemy die. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Excuse me? I haven't even prayed enough for those who love me and those who use me very well. And you're asking me to pray for those who despitefully use me. That's one of the reasons why I call myself a fundamental Christian. I am a fundamentalist. A fundamentally believes that you have to do what Jesus said because he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the fountain of wisdom. He says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are far above the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts higher than yours. He says, when somebody compels you to go with them one mile, go with them two miles. Compels me to go with you one, one mile and then I want to go with you two miles. Oh no. In fact, I want to go with you one meter, drop your bag and run away. But the foolish things of this world is what God has used to confound the wisdom of the wise. And so I said to this young man, you've got to forgive your dad. You've got to write to him and say, I've forgiven you. You've got to tell him that you are getting married and that you hold nothing against him. And so I pray for you today, if you're here and you have something against your parents, They've abused you in the past. They've done terrible things to you. You've been cut off away from them. I pray that the Holy Spirit will minister healing into your soul. I pray that the balm of Gilead will heal you. I pray that the anointing of God, the oil, the oil that was dripping from those two olive trees will come into your life and heal you. That you'll be able to forgive and honor your parents. And so I told him a story that Pastor Colin told some years ago about a lady who came for counseling. And as they were praying, he said to her, what's the relationship between you and your dad? And the lady said, don't go there! Don't you dare, Colin! She said, calm down there, calm down there, have a glass of water. But he went back because that was what the Holy Spirit was highlighting. And this lady had come for counseling and prayers because she had arthritis. And her fingers were like that. I do believe I remember the story, you know, very well. At least the details. After a lot of prayer, counseling, she decided that she was going to forgive her dad who had abused her in the past and done terrible things to her and called her names and all that. And as she began to cry and say, Dad, I forgive you. I forgive you. Her tears fell on the fingers and they began to straighten up. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And then Pastor Colin now said to her, now you got to write to your dad and tell him you're forgiving him. He said, no! Some more counseling, some more from the word of God, and she agreed. 
And I, as I recall, she went and wrote that letter and put the letter in the letterbox. And as soon as the letter left her hand, the fingers straightened up. The flesh says, don't forgive your dad. He's evil. He's wicked. He's abused you. But the Holy Spirit that you have received says, you must obey Jesus. You must walk in the Spirit. Because the flesh will profit you nothing, but the Spirit will give you life. Why must we receive the Holy Spirit? Because we must live a victorious Christian life. We must have victory in every area of our lives. It doesn't matter how the enemy has delayed. The victory must come surely one day. The victory must come surely one day. Why? Because those that are born of God overcomes the world. We must receive the Holy Spirit. Also, we must receive the Holy Spirit, secondly, for service. Jesus has not changed his mind. about go into all the world and preach the gospel. And of course, for us in this house, we know it's Matthew 28, 18 to 20. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. So, go and make disciples of all nations. Please tell me, how easy it's going to be to make disciples of Richard Dawkins without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the man is a brilliant scientist. He has debated so many Christians. He doesn't believe there is God. He cannot acknowledge God. Why? Because his spirit is not regenerated. He is an unregenerated spirit. He is dead spiritually. And so, all of our arguments, all of our knowledge, all of our whatever we think we know comes to nothing when it comes to people getting saved. Unless the Spirit comes to build the temple. Because it's not by power. It is not by might. It's by my Spirit, says the Lord. And so we need the Holy Spirit to help us do the work that Jesus has called us to do. Recently, I was sharing with my cell members from Ephesians chapter 2. The Bible says that we are God's workmanship, prepared for good works. We are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece that he had already prepared for good works. And the question is, what is the good work? The good, good work is not just coming to church on Sunday. Praise the Lord you are doing that. Not coming to the prayer meeting on Wednesday. Praise the Lord you are doing that. Not coming to give your tithes and your offering. Praise the Lord you are doing that. Not even going to sell alone and all the stuff that we do as Christians. Because those things actually bring blessings into our lives. The work he prepared for us to do happened with the 120 in the upper room. The harvest came in because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. So much so that Philip the evangelist would go to Samaria and the whole city would be turned right side up because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. 
an Ethiopia Enoch in the wilderness, in the desert, will receive Jesus and go joyfully to back to Ethiopia because Philip was filled with the Holy Spirit. The, the disciples will come to the elders and the Sanhedrin and, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and say, judge within yourself whether we are to obey you or obey God. We cannot but speak of the things that we've seen, we've had, and we've handled with our hands. We must speak about Jesus. Why? Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Our work to go and bring in the harvest, to go and be a witness for Jesus, to go out there and tell the good news, to go out there and tell of the gospel, would only become a joy when we receive the Holy Spirit. And then Peter said in Ephesians chapter 5, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says Jesus Christ will minister to people. And then very early in the morning, he will withdraw to a desert place to talk to his father. And I believe as he withdrew to that desert place to talk, to be in communion with the father, the Holy Spirit comes again upon him. Why would I come to such a conclusion? Because his conception was by the Holy Spirit. Mary said, how will this happen? The angel said, oh, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And the power of the great, of, of, from, of the most high will come upon you. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. At the beginning of his ministry, the Bible says that he came out of the baptism water and the Holy Spirit came like a dove upon him and he was driven into the wilderness because the devil was waiting to tempt him. But when he overcame the devil, the Bible says that he returned in the power of the Spirit. The Bible says that throughout his ministry, in fact, he declared it and said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news. And this is what I'm going to do because the Holy Spirit is upon me. What about when the devil thought that he's had the last say, crucify Jesus? The Bible says that if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, which means the spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead, which means our lives would not be full without the Holy Spirit. Our work for him would not be accomplished without empowerment from the Holy Spirit. And that's why I pray for you this Pentecost Sunday, that you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Again and again and again and again. You'll be so filled with the Holy Spirit that everybody that comes in contact with you will think you are drunk. They will look at you and say, there's something different about you. And you tell them, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody that comes in contact with you will catch the bug of the Holy Spirit. You will lay your hands on them, they will fall down under the anointing. They will get up and say, whoa, 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 what was that? I say, that's the power of God. That is the power of God. May it be your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. We need the Holy Spirit for victorious living and power for ministry. We need to be so filled almost to the point that people will think that we are drunk. And so, in John 6, chapter 6, uh, verse 63, the Bible says the Spirit gives life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life in abundance. 
Sometimes we do ask ourselves. I don't know about you, but I do. <laughs> Sometimes I go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need that abundant life. That life in abundance, I want it. You promised it, and I want it. But then Jesus had already said, it is the spirit that gives life. If I want the abundance of life that comes from Jesus, I must connect with his spirit. I must empty myself of the flesh, and I must allow the Holy Spirit to fill me and fill me and fill me and fill me again. And whenever I feel that emptiness within me, I must understand that I'm empty or that I'm full of myself. I need the Holy Spirit to, to fill me. Emptiness in the spiritual life of a Christian is a horrible thing. It's almost like what Jesus Christ said, that when a demon is driven out of somebody, if you do not fill that person up with the Holy Spirit, the demon goes about wandering in dry places and comes back after a while and says, let me go and look at my old house. He comes. He sees the house clean, swept clean. And the Bible says, Jesus said, that demon will go and look for seven more deadly demons. And he will say to them, please come. I was driven out of my house. The coalition government came and said, I need to pay the bedroom tax. And because I refuse to pay, they've driven me out of my house. <laughs> now I've gone and I've seen that the house is empty. Would you come and help me occupy? And they will say yes, because they are always looking for somewhere to occupy. Satan needs his demons to occupy houses so that he can manifest. And the Bible says that the end of that person will be worse than at the beginning. So I appeal to you, cell leaders, when somebody gives their life to Christ in your cell, somebody you've been preaching and witnessing to, get them filled with the Holy Spirit. Please don't say, okay, now the next step is for you to be baptized. Step one, step two, those things are good if they follow like that, if they happen like that. But in the house of Cornelius, they received the Holy Spirit before they were baptized. We cannot put God in a box. Uh, we cannot say, God, you must follow our own steps. Step number one, give your life to Christ. Step number two, be baptized. Step number three, go on an encounter. Step number four, be filled with the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. No, as soon as they give their life to Christ, lay hands on them and baptize them. Please do not accept from anybody that says, I'm not really ready for that now. I don't know how many people I've spoken to and said, now you need to be baptized with water and be filled with the Holy Spirit. They said, well, I'm not really ready for that. The last person who told me that, immediately I lay hands on them and said, you are ready. In the name of Jesus, receive. <laughs> because sometimes it may be the residual of that spirit not wanting to go. Pastor Colin has told another story here in the, under this platform in the baptism tank that a woman who was, a, who was a, a tarot card reader, you know, and came to know Jesus, you know, everything was, was going on, uh, and then he, she came to be baptized. And here in the baptism tank, she lost all the residual power that was left. We must not accept from new believers that we are not ready for baptism in water. Why? Because it's a commandment from Jesus. 
baptize them with water and let them be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he himself was baptized. When the time came, he was baptized. And when the time came, he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so we must get our new believers baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you have to carry them on your back to the encounter, please carry them. After all, those four men carried their friends and opened the roof and said, Jesus, you've got to minister to this man. You are in town, you are in the house, he's got to have something from you. Whatever we can do to get people to, to go further in their relationship, to finish their initiation into the family of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. The more the church of Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit, the more manifestation of the power that we will see. Not just when we are gathered together as the church, but when we also go out there to witness for him. Can I hear you say amen? amen. Paul says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Everything that we have to do in our generation is by the power of the Holy Spirit. We must walk in the Spirit. We must worship in spirit and in truth. We must walk with the Spirit. We must be filled with the Spirit. Can I hear you say amen? amen. And so Zerubbabel, in the story that we read, was asking the angel of the Lord and saying, so who are these? What are these two olive trees? He actually asked the question two times. Because the, the image he was seeing was spectacular. The olive tree was producing oil. And the lamb did not suffer from lack of oil. The candle was burning. The light was burning. I know probably he was thinking in his mind, this is the picture of what happens in the temple with the lamb stand. But what that is because this seems to have a full supply of oil to keep going. And as I meditated on this, what are these two olive trees? And I, I began to think about the combination of Zerubbabel and Joshua the high priest. Joshua represents the priesthood. Zerubbabel represents the priesthood of all believers. They were standing on the right side and on the left side of the Lord of the whole universe. And that tells me that God has called those of us who are called into fivefold ministry to stand on one side. And those of you who are called to the marketplace to stand on the right side. And together we funnel the anointing of God, the oil of the Holy Spirit into his word that his work may be done. That was why Peter was saying to them, Joel prophesied that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That is why it drives me crazy when I see Christian brothers and sisters running to and fro here and there looking for the anointing. I believe in impartation by laying of hands. But for the love of everything that is holy, you have been laid hands on so much that you are becoming bald. You are losing your hair. 
It is time for you to believe that you have the anointing of the Holy One. That you have the Spirit of God. That you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Especially if you speak in tongues. What you need to know to do is to have your faith. Connect with what you know you already have. And begin to walk in the knowledge that you have. Can I hear you say amen? Amen. Why? Because Jesus Christ said, I will build my church. Zerubbabel and Joshua were building the temple that was made with men's hands to worship God. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. When the gate of hell came against him in the wilderness, in the temptation of, of Satan, the Holy Spirit empowered him. The Holy Spirit already come upon him and says, don't worry. I'm driving you into the wilderness to face the temptation of the devil, but you will come. He returned in the power of the Spirit. So when he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. How did he build his church? Oh, we go back to Pentecost. He sent his Holy Spirit. We know that this building is not the church. You and I are the church. Jesus wants to build you. That was why he sent the Holy Spirit. Will you receive him today? If you have received him before and you're speaking in tongues, will you ask him to come and fill you again? Would you ask him, Lord, in this area of my life, I feel empty. In that area of my life, I feel empty. In that place in my life, I feel empty. Come and fill me again by your spirit. Like Paul said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you are here today, and you have not known Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, Jesus said to to, to Nicodemus in John 3, chapter 3, Unless a man be born again, unless a man be born of the spirit and of water, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born of the spirit and of water, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's what the Bible says. And the Holy Spirit is the one that gets you saved. He's the one that comes upon you and shows you Jesus and you fall in love with him. And then he comes upon you again and baptizes you with his power and his fire and with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So we're going to pray. First, for those people who do not know Jesus, we want to call you to come and be a part of what God wants to do in these last days. We want to, I want to call those people. Maybe you've been invited here today. Maybe you just walked in. Maybe you, you by, by the grace of God, you find yourself in this place, listening to this preacher today. There's a reason why God brought you here. And the question is, if you are to die tonight, will you go to heaven or will you go to hell? Where will you spend your eternity? The Bible says that if the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will also quicken your mortal bodies. Which means the death that we received in, the, in, in, the, in, in Genesis through the sin of Adam and Eve, we are no longer going to die. We're going to live forever with him. Do you have that confirmation in your spirit that if you die, to die today, you will go to heaven? Now we're going to pray. I'm going to ask all of us to bow down our heads, please, and close our eyes. And I want to, us to pray together. But this prayer will be especially for you who wants to receive Jesus into your life today. You want him to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior. You want to have a relationship with him. And so please say after me. Say with me, Lord Jesus Christ. 
I come to you today and I confess that you are the son of the living God. I confess that you came into this world to redeem me from my sins. I confess that I'm a sinner, that I have sinned against you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to wash me with your blood. I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are the Lord. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. All heads bowed and all eyes closed, please. I don't want anybody looking around. If you are praying that prayer for the first time or you are praying it publicly for the first time, all I'm going to ask you to do is to lift up your hand and bring it down. You want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior today. You want him to come into your life. Put up your hand and then bring it down. There's a brother up there in red. Or somebody, there's a sister right there on, in the balcony. So consolidators, please keep your eyes open. Hallelujah. Please, please just keep that hand up until I acknowledge it and then you can bring it down. I see that hand in red, you know, over there, and the sister to my left here in the balcony. Anybody here? The brother there. Thank you. God bless you. And there's a sister here in the transept. God bless you. In the, in the overflow at the back, downstairs in the lower hall, on the internet, in the coronet across the road, please lift that hand up as acknowledgement to Jesus. Even though you're on the internet and you're in the overflows and I cannot see you, Jesus sees you. And if you are watching by the internet, you need to, after this message, call somebody and tell them, I've just given my life to Christ. What do I need to do? Now, for those of you who have just lifted up your hands, the consolidators, I believe, have identified you. At the end of the service, they are going to speak to you. We have a place we are going to take you to at the back of the hall. Please don't rush away. Let them speak to you. Let them tell you what you need to do next. Now, the next thing we want to do is to pray for those people. You are born again. You are born of the Spirit, but you do not speak in tongues yet. You do not have that language of the Spirit, and you want to receive that today. This day of Pentecost, God wants to begin a new thing in your life. Like he's just begun a new thing in the life of those people who have just given their life to Christ. I want you to stand to your feet. You want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I want you to stand. Stand, stand, stand. Please stand. You are a born-again Christian. Come on. Let's acknowledge them. Come on, come on, come on. You want to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You want to be baptized with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As the, as the worship team begins to sing and play for us, I'm going to ask that the first two rows be taken away, please. Amen. Please, can you just, let's, it's Pentecost Sunday. Let's bring our brothers and sisters into the fold of speaking in the spirit. So the ushers are going to come. They're going to take away the front two rows. If you're upstairs, please begin to make your way downstairs. You want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray for you. We're going to lay hands on you and you will be baptized. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please, let's do that quickly. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Please make your way down. Make your way down. You want to speak in tongues. And also, once we finish praying for those who want to speak in tongues, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. You know there's a dryness in your life. 
you know there's a dryness in your life and you want the infilling of the Holy Spirit again I'm going to ask you to stand again after we pray for please come you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit come in the front what, uh, ministry team ministry we team have the ministry, ministry team. team yes please come forward ministry team please come forward ministry if you're cell leader here please, please go in to pray for these people right now as we finish the service ministry team if you're here those who are part of our ministry team intercessors please join now help us to pray and minister to these people if you're cell leader do come forward and help us to pray for these people as we finish off our service this afternoon hallelujah hallelujah i just want to pray for those people who want to be filled again and if you still want to be laid hands on then please come forward and the ministry team will pray for you you want to be filled again with the power of the Holy Spirit stand to your feet stand to your feet and lift up your hands and receive the Holy Spirit Stand to, quickly quickly you want to be filled again with the Holy Spirit you want that empowerment again by the Spirit of God lift up your hands to heaven lift up your hands to heaven as we pray father in the name of Jesus Christ I come to you on behalf of your children that are standing before you today and I'm asking oh God fill them afresh with the Holy Spirit fill them again with your power baptize them afresh with your Holy Spirit be filled with the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus come again Holy Spirit like the mighty rushing wind baptize them again fill them afresh fill them afresh with your power your grace your favor and your love in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God bless you.